Hello and welcome to a very, very special episode of the One Football Podcast because for the first time since 2020, I don't know if you remember 2020, but something rather massive happened in the world that year. Um, Liverpool won the league. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, it's the first time since 2020 that we've recorded a podcast in person in the same room. I've got three brilliant lads with me here today. I'm Dan Burke and for this special podcast I'm joined by Lewis Ambrose. Good afternoon. Joel Sanderson-Murray. Hello. And Podrick Whelan. Hello. And yeah, we're going to talk about the Premier League today. The uh, The season is four matches old and uh, it's been quite an interesting four matches, I would say. And we're going to make some very big knee-jerk reactions about all 20 teams in the Premier League. Um, and we're going to start with Manchester City, who are top of the league. The only team with a 100% record at this stage. It's horrible recording this all in the same room because we can all see the big smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, we're going to win the league <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> but uh, what do we think? Is City going to win the league again based on what we've seen so far, based on the squad that they have and everybody else? Uh, Lewis, Lewis is passing that question on to other people as an yeah, Arsenal fan. Shit, how smooth that is, isn't it? But uh, no, I... Going into the season, I did worry whether... Uh, well, no, I'm not worried. I was, I was with glee that I thought City might be a lot less motivated than, than last season because it just got completed football basically in June. Won everything that there was to win, essentially, won the treble. And it was good, that, trust me. <laughs> I'm sure it was, yeah. mate. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I did worry that maybe they would, they would come back and, and maybe not hit the ground running because of, you know, Motivational issues. There's you know, a few changes with Gundogan leaving, you know, Mares leaving, and you know, pe- people who follow teams that don't want Man City to win the league, who want their teams to win. Who's the league. that? I've never <laughs> met anyone like that. <laughs> but okay, maybe there's going to be like a little crack in the armor here. But um, yeah, they're going to win every single game. You know what though? The thing is, I feel like City haven't hit the ground running. But then yeah. they've won all four games anyway. Yeah. Like, was it was it seven shots against Fulham, but five goals the other day? Yeah. And obviously the sort of the controversial decision with the the, the second goal to go back ahead that was being allowed. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> I mean, how often do you see one of the players that benefited in yeah. in Erling yeah. Haaland in that case come out and say, "Yeah, we got really lucky there, yeah. and that that should have been a goal." Um, at Sheffield United, obviously, it took a while to to break Sheffield United down. City eventually did and then fell asleep and conceded an equaliser immediately and then Sheffield United fell asleep and City scored again mm-hmm. straight away. I'd like I think that's what's worrying for me. I think with City, you know that by the time you get to Christmas, all the kinks will be worked out. But it feels like even while the kinks are, are very much there right now. They're winning the games anyway. I've had quite a favourable start. I was so. going to say uh, yeah. to play deck advocate, if you will. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Burnley, Fulham, Sheffield United, Sheffield United, and I can't remember who else we played. Who, who's the second? Maybe it was Man United. Literally, I cannot remember. Terrible disservice. But yeah, like it has been quite a favourable start, I suppose. For City. If you are going to, I mean, when it's Man City, you're. You expect them to win those games and then when they play the better teams you expect that they're going to win those oh, games. Oh, Newcastle well. was the other game which ah, was, yeah, looked yeah. like a hard one on paper yeah. but Newcastle will talk about them later anyway. No, no one's City's fixtures you'll end up playing Sheffield United three more times before you end I'm yeah. pretty sure like honestly I feel like every weekend I look at the fixture list and, Sheffield, and, and Manchester City are playing Fulham at home. <laughs> it, it, it comes across four or five times a season Can that, that's, wise? I don't think that's so. who they play. We've paid good money for that fixture list. <laughs> 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 I don't know how do you feel as a City fan do you feel like formidable or do you feel like 
winning points right now is great because you know come November, December, you'll like really hit your stride. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, well, it's the first time since Guardiola's first season when we've won our first three games of the season. We usually have a bit of an early wobble. That's not happened this year. And the Newcastle that, game did that seem That first like, season didn't end well. I know it didn't, yeah. Yeah, we won the well, first we 10 games. we all remember who brought that winning run to an end. Well, one of us does at least, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It was, Celt- it was Celtic. It, 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 it took a European powerhouse to uh, bring Yeah, I, th- I think City are, you know, blessed with the sort of relaxed nature of things now, having won what they, la- they won last season. I- I'm sure Guardiola isn't transmitting that. You know, whatever you do this season, it doesn't really matter. But I feel like the fan base are a little bit more chilled. There's not a lot, an awful lot of expectation on us. The transfer window has been pretty good. I would argue City have probably got a better squad than they had last year. You know, we've probably got one extra player than we had last year. Um, that Newcastle... Game was probably the only test we've faced so far, and it wasn't much of a test in the end because Newcastle weren't great and you know yeah. haven't been great. Mm-hmm. So there will be bigger tests to come, and you know they've got to go to Saudi Arabia for the Club World Cup. That might have a little bit effect on things, but so far they just seem like chill out entertainers to me, really. And it's uh, it kind of bodes well, I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, early days, we'll see. And speaking of which, Tottenham they are second in the league at the moment, having made a pretty decent start. Lewis, are you fearing Tottenham in any way or? Should be the Ange Revolution is going to take hold in that part of North London. Have I ever? <laughs> um, I think no. I like I think Ange Postecoglou is a really good manager. I think Tottenham are probably better off without Harry Kane. In that, like they're not relying on a player to win them games, and that can sort of that responsibility can be spread across across players. And James Madison in particular looks like he's sort of relishing that at the moment, sort of trying to be the main man. Um, I think Hyunmin Son, in without Kane being there, can now play up front, and I think now Son does not have the the energy and the the youth youthfulness to sort of play on the wing and get up and down and take people on all the time. I think actually, like he got the hat trick. It's easy to say after the fact, but he got the hat trick. Hat trick, obviously, last weekend. I think that role playing up front in a Postecoglou team, where you're sort of just pressing and putting stuff in the back of the net is tailor-made for him to to play like that, the same way that Kyogo did for the last couple of years for Celtic. So I think Tottenham are a hell of a lot better than than they were last season. For me, there's still like, like as an Arsenal fan, there's, there's a big gap still. Um, yeah, because they're above you. <laughs> you know, I think it will... One last... season recently they finished above them and look at this yeah, now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And what a season it was. <laughs> I think there is... I think there's a gap. Like, and I don't mean between Tottenham and Arsenal, yeah. but I mean, I think if you look at City and then sort of Arsenal somewhere and Liverpool somewhere, you know, last... Again, if we say like one season only, Liverpool last season was... It was also one season. There's been a lot of change since then, but I personally have... City and then Arsenal and Liverpool somewhere and then sort of Newcastle and Tottenham and United and, and possibly Chelsea if they do sort of click and things fit together sort of fighting for that fourth spot maybe Liverpool in there as well as they sort of transition into this new midfield so yeah and then I think in that race that a, a potential race with Man United and with Newcastle the Tottenham have a, a really great chance this season to finish third or fourth in the in the league yeah. without European football as a distraction as well yeah. I, th- I think it goes to show the power of managers as well sometimes like this is there aren't really players there that Antonio Conte 
and and Co didn't have available to them last season. Yeah. Footballers can play football, so if you like, let them play football and instruct them not to be terrified and sit back and defend. They'll enjoy that, firstly, yeah. and secondly, they can actually deliver on that instead of being told, "All oh, right, we're one new up, let's all get everyone behind the ball." Yeah. And panic. I mean, no one knows more about the Ange effect than you, Kodrick, <laughs> having true. seen him as working at Celtic over the last few years. He's just a great bloke, isn't he? And that, yeah. that must play a part. He's a great bloke and he has some great ideas tactically and the way he sets his teams up and stuff. That's going to go far, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was like, like friends that support Spurs as well and like talking to them in the summer and they were saying it wasn't even what he would bring like on the field. I think by this point with Spurs fans, like I think they were mostly just excited by it changed the culture like around mm. that had just gotten... Stale and toxic, yeah. yeah and and like, as a fan, you just want something to like get yeah, behind. Yeah, and like, and he'll give you that. Like, he will. And I mean, he started better than he did when he was at Celtic. That really didn't start well. I mean, he still recovered really well and won the league, but obviously he started really well at Spurs. I mean, a bit like City, the fixtures decent enough. The Man United result was a big one, obviously. Yeah. Like, you probably didn't expect them to win that. Was it game two, I think? Yeah. Um, and United were really good in the first half that game yeah, they could have been a couple of goals yeah, could have, and then they should, probably should have equalised after they went 1-0 down as well the, the one that hit the post but yeah I mean I just I hope hope the big man does very well um, yeah just I just it's it's annoying because you you want them to do well to like showcase like okay this is what we expected and what we wanted and at the same time you're like yeah but we could have done that <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he's obviously he's destined, I think, for quite big things. I mean, I think it's a pet maybe someday if he carries on with this, but that's all. Lewis alluded to like, the positive effect it had on the players, but also it's the positive effect it has on the fans as well because you can you can feel from all, like the majority of the Tottenham fan base now they've got like, a club back yeah, on. Back yeah, and they're thinking, and aren't they literally singing the words and that they believe in something? And I think the way that he is and the way his team's played, that they're going to have a they're going to enjoy themselves this season compared to the last three, four seasons where they haven't. And they might end up, might not end up leading to anything. They might end up finishing sixth and they probably won't win a trophy because of the Spurs at the end of the day. I mean, but they are um, already out of one. Exactly. I thought he would have taken that a bit more seriously, to be honest. But, yeah, same. Yeah. I made a lot of changes for the Fulham game, didn't he? But the thing is, I think towards the end of the season, they're going to start believing this is leading somewhere and like, it could build towards mm-hmm. something. And I, and I think they're, they're going to be one to, to watch this, this season. I wish I'm just going to be... Yeah, can Klopp's replacement Liverpool, but you can't ever think, can you? Well, when's, when's Jürgen off? Yeah. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Let's move on to your boys, Liverpool then, Joel. Have you been happy with the start so far? And are you satisfied with the transfer business? I mean, you did some good transfer business. Has that midfield been sorted, do you think, now? Or? Yeah, I would, I would, it's hard to say it's been sorted because we'll have to see how the, the new signings translate onto the pitch. And the early signs are good. I think Dominic Sobersly let alone being a very handsome man, is also very good. He is a bloody handsome bloke, isn't he? Uh, he's, he's, he's something to reunite the whole fan base. Is, uh, just a he makes me hungry. He started really well. Um, I really like the Watano Endo signing, and I, I think he's going to play. end up playing. But he's not really playing, has he? Yeah. Or... Started the game against Newcastle, but then he, he got... Uh, he came up about, about an hour, didn't he, or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that should take a little time to get used to. So you're, you're over Caicedo then? Oh, I was over him anyway. Didn't fancy him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in terms of the season itself, I mean, 
I, well, I'm not really expecting us to challenge for the title. I'm speaking to a lot of local fans. I don't think many are, to be honest. I think um, you will. Well, well, what makes you say that? Though? I just think you're good. You never <laughs> think Man City are going to win the league. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's early days. and I, 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 Well, my early season prediction was that Arsenal would finish top, Liverpool would finish second, and C would finish third. I don't think I believe that anymore. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be the top three. And you I'm still not entirely so sure. Far, I'm still not entirely three. sure in what order. Well, yeah. Arsenal are fifth. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. Liverpool look good to me. Like, obviously, you've got a lot of attacking quality like even more than you did last season that's going to win your games more often than it's going to lose your games I, yeah, I do defensively that I guess that's a little bit creaky now isn't that, it that but, is the issue I mean when you talk about the chance window I think they've done really well in terms of placing the midfield in terms of quality and talent we've lost experience there and Fabinho and, and the rat um, and Jordan Henderson um, <laughs> is that what we're calling yeah, now? We are, wow um, um, Joel they, they are big Figures lose from Jesse as, as is James Milner as well and Roberto Firmino. But it's like the attack, yeah, you're right there. I mean, I think we will end up comfortably winning a lot of games. Do you want to talk about one man in the attack in particular? I mean, this could be it. This could be the season. It all comes together. He's going to score more than Alan Holland, is he? Mr. Darwin Unions. <laughs> Pete Brock, if you're listening, thank you very much. Um, I mean, he missed an open net of the weekend, but you know. <laughs> I think he did it with small on his face. <laughs> Uh, but I think our issue does come back with defence and I think you know I do think we will comfortably dispatch with some teams but there'll be games where we can't break teams down because that that, that happens in the Premier League and I think the teams can counter-attack quite well they, they can't hurt us we are, we are wired up in the back and hopefully they will sort this but I, I just don't like this formation where we play Trent inside when we have the ball um, he's doing I, a fantastic well, I was, job that's though, what, I, what, I wanted to ask Joel about that because I was I feel like when Trent's got the ball and the game's ahead of him, like the ball he played for Salah the other day uh, in the in the game, and which one? There was about five or six. No, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the Villa game is like the, the, right before the, the goal that led to two 0 right? Yeah. And there was no pressure on him, and it, it was brilliant, brilliant pass. Salah makes a great run, really nice goal. Like that's great, but I think a defensively sort of one of the centre-halves gets dragged all the way out to sort of cover for him and B when you're sort of not when the game's ahead of him but when he's receiving the ball from Van Dijk or from Allison, like we saw against Bournemouth do you feel like the sort of the stuff that you get further up the pitch is worth it or do you feel like maybe they, they shouldn't do that but then they should do it like you should tuck in maybe when you're further up the pitch but not when you're right in your own third I, I do think the the Payoff is kind of worth it because you can see with those passes, like no one else on our team can play those kind of passes. It's it's like looking at Shabby Alonso again, but it's got to be about they've got to try and find a way to to minimise the impact going backwards. You know that's bringing Canate or the right centre back out of position, and all that. It's leaving a lot of work for the defenders and Robertson stop tucking him as as a. You know, City played this formation, Arsenal played this formation, but it got three defenders covered. Have they ever tried playing with Trent as just number six? Like, yeah, but I work? don't. I don't think the fact, as Lewis said there, him getting received the ball with his back to the play. I don't think no. that works. I don't think defensively he's very good there. It's either. called coaching, Jurgen. <laughs> what well, is it? Maybe they can make this work, but they've got to try and find ways to sort it out defensively. And I guess right even now, in that position right now, next to him, McAllister's sort of like he can do it but it's a bit makeshift it is and maybe that's why Endo's going to come in maybe it's all on a 
the poor Japanese lad who's 30 years old and at the end of his career it's like come on lad you got to do a lot of work got to run an me so from hando to hando <laughs> the circle of life <laughs> yeah I think Liverpool look solid I think you'll be good I don't know if you'll win the league but I think you'll be there I feel, like, I feel like somebody this season is going to beat Liverpool 4-0 yeah. Yeah. but someone's going to get beat but the trade-off yeah. the trade-off is Liverpool going to beat a lot of teams 4-0 <laughs> I'm, I'm which you league. take it you take it Darwin scores 30 goals on the way we're all in a great time let's move on to West Ham who were fourth after four games uh, you know pretty Big loss for them this season, uh, this summer, should I say, losing Declan Rice. They brought in Mavropanos, Ward-Price, Edson Alvarez, Mohamed Kudos. Who's Andy Irving, Podrick? Can you tell, shed any light um, The boy, the Scottish guy that was Aye. in Austria. Yeah, he was at Klagenfurt. Austria, yeah, yeah, I remember him, yeah. They've signed yeah, him, He went to West Ham. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing much of Andy Irving this season. <laughs> But they've, they've shaken up the squad pretty well. I mean, Mohamed Kudos could be a fucking kudos to them. <laughs> yeah. That could be a real one, couldn't it? Well, I mean, like, so one of my really good friends, a West Ham fan, and spent most of the summer, like, complaining about how you get to a European final, you win it, you're West Ham, you sell Declan Rice, and then they hadn't built on this position of strength. And then it seemed to be like what, two, three weeks maybe of the window to go that they just, they started doing like really good business. Mm-hmm. Like Ward Prowse, an amazing bit of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were getting linked with Harry Maguire. Andy Irving. Andy Irving's in, obviously, that's a big one. But I mean, like, I just, from it anything was... I've watched of that, Kudus at Ajax, I just, I think that's, he's just going to be so excited. It was a bit like they sold Declan Rice and then after the fact were like, Okay, what should, what should we do, we do with, with all this money yeah, instead yeah. of kind of trying to plan for that before, they right? They sold Elvis and bought the Beatles. Is that <laughs> if they've done that, they've done all right. Yeah. I mean, even like Alvarez, I think for like that money looks like he won't give you what Death and Race gives you, but... But in combination with James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, it's right. like, it's, it's not as... It's really not a bad replacement whatsoever, I think. I mean, I mean see what they do with Jared Bowen now, though, with, with Kudos coming in. It's kind of like... Can't play in the same position. Is one of them going to end up being a forward, yeah, or a number ten or something? Yeah, and, and I think that if, if Bowen ends up going up there, I think that ruins his game a little bit because he's amazing, maybe one of the best in the league at making that run from the right inside. Mm-hmm. And 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 West Ham deserve a lot of credit. I mean, this is a team that got used to winning, and no, maybe not in the league last season, but they got to the Europa League semis the year before last, Conference League winners last year. There is there is something in that team as a bit of a mentality they know how to win games, and I'm not. Overly surprised by the start. I think they were brilliant against Brighton. They are brilliant at sort of what they do. And With 22% possession. <laughs> it's got Moyes all over it. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it reminds me a lot of the Everton team he got to the Champions League before they got knocked out by Villarreal in the qualifiers. Um, but they, they, were, they were very good that year of, of, of just winning games. So we'll get to Everton. We'll get there. We'll get there. I, I really enjoy how this West... It looks like two football teams that have sort of been put together and then... Like it's like really David Moyes and you've got like these just like big blokes at the back and they'll head everything away and they'll run all day long. Like sort of like the back five, if you like. So if you've got the back four and then like Alvarez or Suchek and you've got Ward-Prowse sort of in the middle who like will work hard, but like then you've got these big blokes in the box for his like wonderful deliveries from corners and free kicks. And then the front four or five ahead of them, 
like you've got Michel Antonio at the top, but the three in between, it's just just lads who are really good at football. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just this really nice mix of like physical at the back and and sort of hard working and and, the, and like not to discredit you know Bowen and Fornals and, and those players Paqueta are in the middle as well like they they well, work they work really hard like they, they really they yeah. really work hard as well and, and they wouldn't get in the team if they didn't yeah. but they add a bit of glitz and, and a bit of technical ability as well to, to what's otherwise sort of just like a big strong functional team yeah. I think it's just like quite a nice balance this sort of yeah. you know this back line that's just like t- strong and tough and won't let anybody pass without a Without a proper fight, and then you've got you know your Spanish and your Brazilian players and your yeah. Jared Bowens, who <laughs> who just sort of add all of the the glamour and the creative stuff in between. It's like a really nice mixture, I think, of like as a team. It's, yeah. it's not a bad way to build a football team. I like that archetypal example of sort of the pull of the Premier League, the players they can get as West Ham. I mean, yeah. great. You know, it's a it's a grand old club. You know, big stadium yeah. in London. You know. European trophy in the cabinet and stuff like that but it reminds me of that like you know the meme with like the big muscly dog like the Premier League like it's like <laughs> that's West Ham as a club and it's like how yeah. the fuck have you got Lucas Paqueta <laughs> Mohamed Kudos yeah. etc like it almost feels wrong but yeah you know, for all that but it's so so right yeah 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 <laughs> still not like I think the one thing they're probably missing though is like a proper centre forward like no disrespect to Mikel Antonio but like what they probably thought Skamaka was going to be or Sebastian Alea was going to be. Right, so surely Skamaka, like the idea was that Skamaka would like add all of the work rate and presence of Antonio, but like with with more like quality on top. And turns out Skamaka didn't add all of the presence and work rate of Antonio. So he didn't know how to use or he didn't just work in that system, did he? Yeah, 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 so... But uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of the, uh, well, you know, a bit of a reference to what we were saying before, the behind closed doors COVID season. Um, not the one when you won the league, the one after, when we won the league. Uh, <laughs> when we were, everyone was like writing Moyes off really early in the season, it looked like yeah. it was going horribly and they ended up finishing like top six, did they? Like, that, well, that, was the, that was the case last season as well, right? And then yeah. they, won, they won a European trophy yeah, for they were sort of that. dabbling with relegation, weren't they, all season? Yeah, then, it feels yeah. like he's always kind of two or three bad run yeah. results away from... That's why I say if they just give him again. some time yeah. at United, God knows where they could be right now. <laughs> Conference League, League winners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Moyes is a football genius. <laughs> Let's move on to Arsenal, Lewis. Uh, you were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I asked you how you felt about Arsenal's season. Your answer was, um, how do you feel so far? I mean, you had that very exhilarating win over United at the weekend. Yeah, Could have gone either way that game, though. I, I thought Arsenal were good. I thought United were all right as well, to be fair. It's obviously early days, yeah. Are you feeling comfortable about the way things have gone? Yeah, I think that's the worst we've played all season um, and I've not had so much fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I feel like the Arsenal games have been a bit weird so far and Zinchenko's been out, which if you think of the Arsenal team last season that was playing so well, Zinchenko was so important to everything sort of gelling together and the way he tucked into midfield and picked passes and... I mean, you watched him obviously at Man City as a Man City fan, and like, like, like all of your players, basically, he, yeah. the man can't be pressed. Like, it just yeah. it will turn one way or the other way out of pressure, and suddenly the game opens up. And I think missing him was was really a big issue for Arsenal in the first few games. I don't think the performances were bad, but it mm, a little bit less creativity, a little bit less able to to rip teams apart, if you like, and. I mean, we're four games in and, and obviously we're sitting here talking about sort of how all these teams look and what they might do this season. But we all know that four games is nothing yeah. for a, for an entire Premier League season. 
Um, yeah, and I, I think the biggest uh, difference at Arsenal this season is expectation. Because I think this exact start last season, three wins out of four, you've beaten Man United at home. I think everybody in N5 will be on cloud nine at how well everything's gone and, and we look really strong and we're in control of games, even when they've ended up close, like Forest, Palace, when it was 11 v 11, like completely in control of the game. And now the expectation is, well, we have to win every game because we have to keep up with Manchester City. Yeah. And suddenly, even if we win 2-1 against Nottingham Forest, it's not quite enough. And people are a bit stressed, a little bit worried. And you win 1-0 on a Monday night at Palace playing half an hour with 10 men and still people aren't quite satisfied enough with the performance. The one thing that obviously needs to stop is letting in goals in the first minute of home games. Three of the <laughs> last, well, before Man United, three of the last nine, now three of the last ten home games. Arsenal have been one nil down before the clock's hit two minutes or before it's hit 60 seconds. Uh, that is not the sort of thing you can man- maintain and still definitely consistently win games in the Premier League, as we found out against Southampton last season and Fulham this. But I think there's a movement this season. I think from other teams more than if you're watching Arsenal, I think Arsenal are pretty much trying to do what they were doing last season. I think if you watch other teams, I think the second half of last season after Arsenal had done so well, I'd say sort of 70, 80% of teams treated Arsenal like Man City. You sit behind the ball and just make it really hard for the other team to break you down and hit them on the break. Now I feel like every team's treating Arsenal like Man City, like with that level of respect and they sort of know their best chance of beating Arsenal is to not have the ball into Arsenal, give them the ball and then attack with three or four men or yeah. grab a goal from a set piece. And we all know, you know, I'm sitting here on the table with a City fan, a Celtic fan, a Liverpool fan. We all know how hard it is to watch a team sometimes try and break those defences down. Yeah. And it's just a different thing for Arsenal, for Arteta, for the players, I think, now to work out is, right, we know we can beat teams. We know we can beat pretty much anyone in this league on our day. We'll turn up and wipe the floor with most teams in this league. But how do you break them down and make sure they don't hit you on the break or hit you with a set piece? I think it's a a slightly different question or the same question is being asked much more frequently. Mm. And that's just a new thing for Arsenal to figure out. Yeah. What about Kai Havertz? That's a question on everybody's I, lips at the moment. I think that, are you, have, you got, have you got a lot of patience with that guy? Because I feel like the Arsenal fan base as a whole are already running out of patience. With yeah, him no, definitely. <laughs> uh, I think that was the case before Sunday and he didn't help himself on Sunday. In I don't think he had a bad game, but in the big moments, he had an air shot. The slice, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he gave the ball away under no pressure at all for, for United yeah. to, to break down the other end and score the opener. Um Unfortunately, you play 90 minutes of football and you could play 89 minutes perfectly. But if those are the two things you do in the other mo- in the other minute, those are the two things that everybody remembers from the game. I think Kai Havertz is... Did it, it make sense to you as a signing when, when you signed? I think it's an evolution from what Arsenal were doing last season. Like the thing I've just, I've, I just talked about, about like teams are going to pack everybody behind the ball against Arsenal now. Would you rather have Kai Havertz or Granit Xhaka as a midfielder trying to find those holes and find those gaps and create something or get into space and finish in front so of goal? There, 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 there are people around the table saying Granit Xhaka for sure. <laughs> um, Granit Xhaka's a fantastic player, but eight go- I think eight goals and eight Premier League assists last season. Granit Xhaka's mum didn't think he could do that. <laughs> and it, 
it took a good few years at Arsenal and then under Arteta as well for them to sort of coax that out of Granit Xhaka. I think they've decided the next step for this team. And if you think of City a few years ago when Arteta was there, and it would be a midfielder of De Bruyne and one of the Silvers and a holding midfielder behind. That's the step that Arsenal want to take, mm. right? Like it's copycats. It's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, if it worked, it worked. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> but you know, like it's they, like Party and Jacka and Odegaard sounds much more like two defensive players and Odegaard. Yeah. And I think the sort of the next step to get more creativity, more goals out of this team for Arsenal is to have Declan Rice and. Havertz and Odegaard, which you really well, got. Race has already got more goals. Two than number Havertz. tens. <laughs> we're not against Declan Rice scoring goals. No, we're not, we're not. But I think that's sort of that's the idea is that that evolution. And I said Zinchenko, like I think that's for Arsenal. It's those triangles out wide that last season was so successful. It was on the right Odegaard, White, and Saka. Mm. On the left, it was Zinchenko, Martinelli, and Xhaka. But. Havertz has played these games without Zinchenko behind him as well. Like it's not just been Havertz coming into the team, but it's been different at left back on that side of the pitch. Gabriel Jesus hasn't been there, but Enketia, who I think he's done a really good job, but Jesus sort of ties everything together and, and almost a false nine, he'll leave those spaces. And I think the idea is that Jesus, you know, goes out wide and, and Havertz sort of takes up that role as a striker in a way that Enketia doesn't vacate that position. I think long term, yeah, I mean we're four games in. Yeah. The tenth of the way into the season. But oh, I mean, like Arsenal, Arsenal, Fulham felt like like the impact that Fabio Vieira had off the bench. A player that I think most people he came on and most people were very surprised and possibly some disappointed to see him come off the bench and he changed the game. And yeah. it's like, well, it's, it's taken a year for Fabio Vieira to have like a massive impact on a Premier League game. Maybe we can give Kai Havertz more than four matches yeah. to have a similar impact. He's even stealing from Pep in that players take about a year to settle in. <laughs> uh, Rice isn't on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> He's right in there. Speaking of uh, Mikel Arteta, is he losing his mind a little bit? Or, you know, that never had it. The stuff that he said about yeah, Havertz was a, a, a little, I don't know. I kind of knew what he meant, you know, that analogy that he used. It was a little bit clumsy, I guess. And The M25 know. and all that. Or the, the 43 formations. No, they're taking the wife out for dinner and all that. Oh, that? that, that yeah. Trying, Sorry, there's, yeah. A list, yeah. there's, there's, there's a exactly list of that. evidence that Mikel has lost his mind a little he's bit. He's a hairy guardiola. I don't know. I mean, has he always been like that? Or is this a new thing with him where he's almost sort of I, trying a bit too hard? Or I, I I don't think he's trying too hard. I think he's probably like, I think if anything else, he's come out of his shell a little bit. Like I think, right. la- I think before last season, he maybe didn't have the the results behind him to say in public what he maybe wanted to say sometimes. And after last season, he's kind of untouchable. So now we can, like you saw in the Amazon documentary, like that's him. Like that is just him. And I think now he's like willing to show that to the public because people can't ridicule him as much because he's actually winning games. Winning games. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, that's the thing, right? With as manager, like, if you're winning, no one can really... Yeah. Like, Pep's fucking mental. Well, that's it, I was going to say about that. But, it's nobody, impossible not but, to but nobody cares. Well, like, like, it's like time. Nathan Jones, wasn't it? He was a bit... Yeah. Yeah, but if you lose, it's a yeah, problem. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> the most Guardiola is Yeah, he was, like, ridiculed then because he wasn't yeah, winning. If Southampton were winning games, he would have got away with whatever he wanted. <laughs> They're not Man City with a couple. People assume with Pep, and, you know, I think it's a fair assumption that the players must, like, 
rub up badly against you or whatever. Or at some point, it's just like, can this bald guy just shut the fuck up? You know, like <laughs> something like that. But then you can't argue with the results, and the players all speak so highly of yeah, him. Yeah, and it's almost I, like I think it's it's, yeah. it's something great to have on your CV that I played under Pep Guardiola yeah. at this point. And, and I think so, like I think it's exhausting. Like Pep yeah. in particular. Like you look around all these other managers. Pep doesn't sign players that have played for him before because they like. I think yeah. there's an element of I don't really want to go through that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've heard it said about Pep. I've heard it said about Arteta. Like players that have played under them say, like he, that he told us exactly what would happen in the game if we did this yeah. and we did this, and then it played out exactly that way. Yeah. And I think at some point, then when that happens, there's just like a, a faith that doesn't end, basically. And I think everyone finds it probably exhausting to be with with someone like Pep or yeah. or, or Arteta. But I also think there's just like a strong cult of personality where you just believe everything they tell you at some point as yeah, well because yeah. everything they've told you has worked out so far yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. not to compare the two by the way no, because obviously not. Pep's achieved a hell of a lot more right now <laughs> he's uh he's well you know we, we know who's got the best hairline we'll say that for sure yeah there's no uh, there's no <laughs> the doubt best, about that the best hairline <laughs> more than you believe <laughs> Moving on to Brighton, who are in what is now their spiritual home of sixth place. It just feels like that <laughs> feels right for Brighton, doesn't it? Very comfortable there. Uh, very, very exciting team. Very good team to watch. Talk to me about Evan Ferguson, Podrick. Is he the real yeah. deal? Is he the new Erling Haaland? Is he going to be even better than Erling Haaland? Irish Drogba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looks at... He look, I was honestly surprised when I'd seen after the hat-trick against Newcastle that I thought he'd actually scored a lot more Premier League goals than he has. It feels like he's been kind of doing it for about twelve months now, and you kind of have to remind yourself. It wasn't. I think was it was it a game against Arsenal? I think like close to Christmas, Christmas last just year. Just after Christmas, yeah. Yeah, when he, he kind of came in and he scored in that one, and he took his chance, and it's kind of been since then. It's not been the, but it feels like it's been that long. That, but I guess that's how. I mean, especially in Ireland, that's how long people have kind of been expecting this explosion from him. He's done it and. Yeah, I mean, there was so much talk even like last year about him going out on loan. Then do it showed that even at his age, yeah, he's he's just he, he looks like he's got everything. Like he, proper, just that modern kind of striker that will do it all. And yeah, like you say, I mean, you even reports this week and stuff about how if Haaland does fancy himself, like you probably think he does, that he'd like to test himself in Spain, maybe Italy, France, whatever. Yeah before uh, his career's out that he he does look like the, the traits and the skills and stuff that he has but I mean you really you don't want to yeah, yeah yeah exactly but you really don't want to go down that route as well too early because it has been what eight yeah. nine months maybe something like that well, yeah, everything we've seen so it's yeah. On that subject, another thing that I know a lot of City fans say regularly is, oh, when Pep goes to Zerbi, he'd be a good next City manager. He's someone we look at. Is he the real deal, do you think, Joel? Or, you know, Brighton, very, they've been very successful under him. They play great football. They do have a tendency to get scudded. Like, they got beat by West Ham the other week. They got beat by Everton 5 1 at home, was it, last season? Is that a flaw <laughs> tactically for Zerbi, do you think? Or is it just the fact that Brighton are Brighton and they've not got, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, five hundred million pound squad and stuff like that. Yeah, I think there's only only time will tell on that. And I guess you have to see whether Deserby can be tested with, with let's say, quote better players or you know more decisive players. Let's say, um, but up until now, I think he's proven his worth in the Premier League because he's you know Brighton have got to where they are, but they're still playing lads who were with them in League One. And like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Lewis Stokes still there. Pascal Gross is, is, is career, but the way he's gone is, is incredible. Solly March, was he still with him? Yeah, he's quality, isn't he? Yeah, and Solly March was a, a very average winger, very byline winger, and, and deserve his turn into someone who, who loves the Even on the back. bottom, like, he, like, he was fine. Yeah, yeah average at best. And, so Deserve, you can say, um, done an incredible job so far, and he, he did an incredible job at uh, Sassuolo as well. But there was, but yeah, there the, those look like there's little blueprints of how to beat his team so far as West Ham and Everton approved. And now that a lot of teams have got a year's data on on how Deserve's the, the Brighton play, I think you might see that a little bit more over, over the coming season. But, you know, they've reacted from that West Ham defeat and went and went absolutely smashed Newcastle. And I think that was a... A telling point for the are going to be around again this year, but the only the caveat always is with a team who's not played in Europe before is you've got to get used to playing three times a week, mm-hmm. and that will always have an impact one way or the other. And I think, you know, I don't think Brighton they they are right to have ideas above their station. I'm like, okay, let's aim for the top four, top five, and get Champions League this year, but. If they end up finishing Europa League place again this this season, that's a remarkable achievement. Never again. even made that. Just have a go in Europe. Aye, and it's your first year in Europe. You're in this amazing. What is it, Marseille? I could see them doing like a Athens. Fulham kind of thing, like yeah. you know, where they just go really deep into it all. Like, yeah, West Ham. Why not finish tenth and get? I don't think, think, think get there. If you if you have to prioritise, yeah. then that one. Yeah. Where where do you hold up the trophy for? We finish seventh in a really tough league. Yeah. You go to Dublin, you could win the Europa League. And they could. Yeah. Could, speaking of Fulham, we're not going to talk about them just yet, but speaking of that magnificent Europa League run that they had, who was the manager for Fulham that year? That's not Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson, who's doing a fantastic job at Crystal Palace these days. <laughs> smooth. Is, is that a dagger to your transition there? Is that a dagger to your heart, Joel, after all you've said about Roy? No, it isn't, because the, the uh, Hodgson algorithm is still very much in play. It's four games down. And before Saturday, they had one win, one draw, one defeat. So let's talk about the sixth game when they've had another draw and another defeat. And they're back in their spiritual home of 12th Wait, place. He's managing Crystal Palace. Like, it's yeah. not, like, he's not expected to win every game. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they'll, they'll finish 12. Four, four points from nine. 12 is pretty good. Yeah. The thing is, when he was managing Liverpool, you were about as good as Crystal Palace are now, aren't you? So it's sort of, you know, he was doing a similar kind of job. Harsh of Paul Koncheski, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I take Tyreek Mitchell every day. He's, he's, he's a very, he's a very good, he's very good at making average, no, terrible players average. But he's also very shit at making really good players average as well. And that's all he is. He's a very average man, average manager. Um, but fair play to him. He's got you shouldn't have asked Joel about Roy Hodgson. I, I thought by this point he'd be over it at, at some point. But, uh, but to be no, fair, he's, he's got he's got the best out of Hodgson Edwards. I was going to say, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Think he's uh, so he scored a couple at the weekend. So he yeah. is, and he'd scored before that, and he looks looks like he's on it this season. So, yeah, and it's about time because I've been waiting for him to kind of take the Premier League by storm, and it's not really happened. <laughs> I remember he got a screamer at the Emirates a few years ago, and then like, okay, kick <laughs> on, big does. man. Yeah, not really, not really happened. For him Still yet, early. But if they can get him firing, honestly, that's yeah, that, that's a twenty goal a season. Uh, well, well, like, enough about Odson Edward, but I feel like Eberichieze is uh, going toe to toe with Mitoma for most exciting player to watch in the league right now. Yeah. Like, Mitoma, I think, sort of walked that award last season, uh, but right now, I think if there's a Saturday at three o'clock if I'm going to put the telly on and 
Palace are playing. You're I'm, shaking your head. I want to. I, I want to. I want to watch Eberichiese play football. Yeah, he's quite good. It's as simple as that. That's true. Hodgson doesn't deserve to work with the likes of Eze and Elise. This is personal. Deserve to have his hands on good football. It's become a vendetta. <laughs> we move on to the next team. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Let's move on to Brentford, who uh, you know first season did really well in the Premier League. I think I was one of those people who thought, "Haha, second season syndrome last year, that's going to get you." It didn't get them. This summer, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, Ivan Tony, they're not going to be able to live without him." Don't need him. Doing all right, aren't they? They don't need him. Like that, that front, well, three front, four, well, four if you include sort of like the sort of rotation options as well. But Embuemo and and Johan Wissa have both looked good with Tony for the last yeah, couple of years. But you never know when he's gone as sort of the focal point if they'll step up or if they'll be a little bit if they like just like a bit of quality will be lacking without sort of the main man, I guess, yeah. alongside them. They look like they're loving life without him. Yeah, and and then you've got Keen Lewis Potter and, and Kevin Sharder as well, who like each sort of one or the other plays really. And they look good too, whichever one it is that's on the pitch. So Brighton, uh, sorry, Brentford. Kevin Shame, by the way. Kevin Shame, yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. So any German speakers, <laughs> any non-German speakers, yeah. like Kevin Sharder's surname, essentially. I mean, the, the translation is basically shame or pity. Yeah, what, um, it means like what a shame doesn't. Not it? Like, not a great yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what a great player. But what a player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, and, and Brentford look great as well. Um, I mean, I don't know if everyone saw the touchy. He made to set himself up for the goal against uh, Bournemouth for the weekend with the pass. Like, it was unbelievable. I mean, if, if Mo Salah leaves Liverpool and trying by other summer, he's I think, the number one person I want to replace him. I think he's quality. And it, it kind of feels like with Tony gone now, um, it kind of feels like a bit like when Peter Taylor left Brian Clough and like he was the brains behind the whole organisation. <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe exactly what it is. A nice topical that, reference. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that, was just, that was just the analogy I was looking for. <laughs> Well, speaking of Brian Clough, ninth in the table is Nottingham Forest. How about that for us? It's like the big books. <laughs> once again, seem to have signed about 48 players this summer. Some of them are good this time. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I mean... Some of them. I think... I don't know, Steve Cooper got a bit too much praise for my liking last season. I don't think it was an incredible <laughs> job that he did. It was like, oh... He had to deal with all these new players coming in. He kept them up. Yeah, who signed the players? Yeah. Like, surely he had some input in that. Um, like, know, keep, like, like, like keeping you're own saying own. like keeping Forrest up last season, it was by no means a miracle. No, it wasn't. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you was think it, it was? No, I'm not with no, you. No, it wasn't yeah. quite the miracle that winning two European Cups at Nottingham Forest. <laughs> exactly. Probably exactly. Was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one for the kids. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at their team. I mean, they've got uh, it's it's pretty solid. I want to use doing. Yeah. Good second season so far, any you know they've got the win at Chelsea at the weekend. Alanga looks Alanga, sharp. very good signing for G- them. Gives White the business. Yeah. yeah. So, will will they be as good? Like you sort of one injury away or whatever. I guess will they be as like? Was it a good idea to let go of Brennan Johnson, who I think was really good last season and has been really good for Forest mm-hmm. for a few years? The phone had chips on Hudson Odoi being Hudson Odoi from five years ago, basically, aren't they? I'm not quite sure. If that will translate, to be honest, I don't think he's a perfect replacement for them. I mean, yeah, lost one of their own, really, haven't he? Um, I don't think it's a miracle that they still this year either. I don't think it's an achievement. I think they're planned for bigger things. They they should easily stay up, and if they end up just scraping by, 
the classic, they're a free worst team. That's kind of what yeah. I thought about them last season, that they should easily stay up. I think yeah. I got a bit excited with the transfer business and was like, top half, maybe pushing for Europe. I think I came which was like, and almost like, exa- I know, right? <laughs> like, so, yeah. Look at the bottom this year, though. And yeah. yeah. There's not just three they, teams. They, they should, should be worse than them. There should be about five or six teams that are Don't get me wrong, I think Cooper is a good manager. But I just thought it was a bit over the top the praise for him last season. I thanked him for beating Arsenal to handle the, to- the, the title. <laughs> it was gone by then anyway. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Aston Villa, I mean, if, if Lewis has a Roy Hodgson, it's probably Unai Emery, right? Like, you know, you've probably got some... Uh, I, as, as, the, as a fan of a big club, I don't get hung up on managers like that. <laughs> no, they, did, they didn't succeed hey. so much at our place, so... <laughs> No, I think, whereas Liverpool fans maybe apparently sound very hung up on Roy Hodgson, I've forgotten the Unai Emery era, really. <laughs> I mean, Villa have won both of the home games quite convincingly this season and been beaten quite convincingly. On uh, one road. of them was Everton, that Admittedly, they've gone, they've gone away to Liverpool, they've gone away to Newcastle, two of the hardest away games yeah. in the season. Uh, Do we read much into that, really? Have they, have they got the balance right at Villa? I think so. Um, I'm all in, honestly, on Aston Villa this year. I, <laughs> I'm expecting big things. Which I know I've maybe undermined it a little because, like you say, they went to they went to Newcastle, they went to Liverpool. You can't expect that big, but like things that big when they've played two hard games have been battered. That's a, well, that, that's the, I mean, this is what I expect. They beat Hibs, as you know, before the season they did. Yeah, I mean, going off that as much of an achievement. I think it was twenty-seven times the budget. I think something. <laughs> I thought you were going to say twenty-seven nil on aggregate. Close enough. But I mean, yeah, you you would have kind of hoped. Special before the season, that those were the kind of games that Villa were going to measure themselves on. Like, how do we stack up to those teams? And they have went to, especially with Unai Emery. I thought they would have went there and made a lot more of a fist than mm. the Newcastle game. Once their heads went, they went. I mean, Liverpool was gone before it started, but the Newcastle game. Yeah, I mean, there were some top four shouts at the start. Of the yeah, season that's what I mean. I, like, I was like, I'll have some of what he's on because, like, yeah. you know, that's a bit mental. I mean, I wasn't top four, but I was. I'm still quite bullish. Yeah, I'm still quite bullish on them. Yeah. Talking about Brighton going far in Europa League, I can see them going far in the, in the Conference League. They have to. Yeah. I, I mean, they've got a guy. So nice specialty, yeah. isn't it? Well, exactly. It's incredible. I mean, obviously, he is very Hodgson, from point of view, but he's incredible in Europe. And I, I think he will take him on a bit of a journey. I think Musa Diaby's a fucking yeah. Yeah, lovely yeah. sign. You can swear it's fine. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing I think is that, like, the last year or so, they have been really hard done by Billy like, some of their injuries. So like Diego Carlos before was his first game or something and he yeah. got a really bad long term one. Even like this year you've got Buendia, uh, Tyrone Mings in the Newcastle game. Coutinho looked like it was going to be a bad one but then it looks like he's gone anyway and maybe mm. by the time people listen he may already, already <laughs> be gone and I don't think it'll be a major mess. But I mean that that's the one thing you'd be worried that it just seems like these kind of longer term ones. But, Especially with Europe as well. Yeah. It's yeah, the squads straight so they probably probably will come at a point where they have to stick or twist with Europe in the league, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm all in. Well moving on to the lower mid table clubs now, Manchester United. <laughs> How much did you enjoy that? <laughs> very much, very much. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's all sorts going on in that club, isn't there? On and off the pitch at the moment. I don't think anyone's been particularly convinced by Rick Ten Hag. Despite a pretty solid season last year, you know, winning a cup and finishing third, was it, in the end? It was all right. And again, you know, we talked about the Arsenal game. Could have gone either way. You know, there was a point where it looked like United won the game and you think, what a fucking result that is. 
I don't know. What do you think about United? Are we, are we convinced by them at all? Can you see them finishing top four this season even? There were a lot of Arsenal fans uh, on Sunday, Monday, that I saw saying, oh, that was a lot like when we beat Nottingham Forest and a lot like how Fulham came to the Emirates. And I don't think that reflects particularly well on Manchester yeah, United. Yeah. And having said that, I felt like the way they played against Arsenal on Sunday was the best they've played this season, yeah. which says a hell of a lot about them. I think the balance is all wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they need out wide, I feel like, in this system with this midfield, I feel like out wide you need players who are going to take people on 1v1. One, one you know, the way that the I mean, every top team in the league has that. Uh, you know, City have got Grealish and, and, and maybe Foden if he's playing out wide. Arsenal with Sacco and Martinelli and Liverpool, Diaz, Salah. Uh, United, you've got Rashford, who's a goal scorer playing out wide. He doesn't really get the ball to take people on. If you've got Anthony, who gets the ball, turns around and passes backwards or cuts inside and everyone knows what he's going to do and doesn't yeah. really do anything else. Um you know, Sancho has now had a falling out with, with Ten Hag as well. I'm sort of watching this United thinking, oh, I could probably bring <laughs> yeah. something to the team. The way he's been playing for Nottingham Forest. If that's the answer. Well, I'm not saying it's the answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the question is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and in midfield, like trying to add Mount in midfield, I don't think it was a bad signing, but I'm looking at them again, like all the top teams in the league keep possession and that's a big, it's a big thing of the way they play. You know, Arsenal and City in particular. Mm. Liverpool trying to tuck Trent into midfield. We talked about Tottenham and obviously Postacoglu's brought that sort of inverted wing-back thing in, into Spurs as well. And you've got sort of real, in, in Madison, a real playmaker, but you've got a more sort of conservative midfielder, I guess, in Saar playing alongside him. And at United, I see Mount and Fernandez as kind of two very similar players who give the ball up. Like, they take a lot of risks like they and it pays off but they also give the ball away a lot. And then when they give the ball away in those positions and the other team can break, it leaves Casemiro with a hell of a lot to do. I think, yeah. I think with Casemiro as well, I think he had a good season last year for them when he wasn't suspended. But <laughs> I, 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 his legs are going to drop off at some point. And I think, Not literally. We <laughs> don't know that. <laughs> Can't be that else. And I, I think at his age, when they do drop off, they're, they're not coming back. Like, he is. He is that's kind of how it works. He's not happening. Your legs are on until they're off. That's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. And I think, I think that's kind of been, um, there's been a, a sense of that already with him. Um, you know, chasing, I mean, I, I, the game against Wolves, uh, where say it's coming you just ran through down the field at ease about mm-hmm. five or six times the, even the Arsenal game the weekend to be honest I thought they were terrible and, and looked like a team who deserved being the bottom half and I thought Casemiro struggled in that one as well and the thing is the plan has been when Sokshaw was there it's still the same plan now where mm-hmm. we will try and counter-attack and one of our good players Rashid or Bruno Fernandes are going to get us out the yeah. wire they'll do something yeah. magic and uh, I mean, yeah. maybe that maybe will prove when when you know, Rasmus Hoyland does sort of settle in because he did look bright when he came on yeah. on Sunday. Maybe that you know, the plan has been to fit him in and he's going to be the business. But for them, I just and what about Amrabat? Because well, that's what I was going to say. That's why that just made no sense. Like uh-huh. to me, they spent all summer chasing him, and I'm like, I don't think what you need is another player like Casemiro, 
McTominay, Fred. So then, what, on, what does that mean to you? Like, does that mean Casemiro's going to play a bit further forward or something and Amrabat at the base of that midfield? That's, that's, that's it's a, it's a weird It's a weird midfield yeah. now. That's uh, You're honestly yeah. looking forward to seeing Amrabat in that midfield because you go, well, where does he go? Does he go in and sit with Casemiro and Eriksen's out of the team and you have Fernandez further ahead? Where does Mason Mount go? I just, that and then, Amrabat, and then Fernandez, that Amrabat one makes no yeah. sense to me. And then, as a and team then like all that. of the creativity is just like yeah. on the other midfielder, yeah. basically. It's, it's crazy. I just think Sophie and Amrabat is an incredible player for a certain level of team who know they're not going to see that much of the ball and he will win it back and get it. Not Manchester United. Maybe Man United are that team now. I don't don't know. They've just, for a long time, you know, probably even while Fergie was there, they've been the kind of club to just be kind of like, if we throw enough shit at the wall, some of it might stick eventually. Yeah. Let's buy as many, you know, let's make loads of signings and just hope it kind of clicks. There's no, there's not been any clear plan. I thought Ten Hag was going to be that clear plan. Do you feel like, really like last year? I think I don't think last year was bad by any means. But like Joel said, like the sort of the, the style hasn't developed still really from Solskjaer, especially these big games. Just like they've been battered. They've gone to Anfield. They've been battered. They've gone to City. They've been battered. They've gone to Arsenal twice. They've lost in injury time twice, but for ninety minutes on the balance of play pretty much been dominated mm-hmm. uh, like do you think that do you think there is any like sort of advancement from what Solskjaer was doing basically I've not, there's, you don't see any sort of discernible pattern of play with United do you yeah. you don't think what well, that's their style that's what they do they're not a possession team they're not a counter attack team yeah. they're somewhere in between and you can't be between those two ferns can you you have to, yeah. you have how, to pick how the boys yeah, like, exactly. how long can they do that before people start? Like, because I've not really heard Ten Hag questioned. Yeah. Still, it's been because I think a it, year I and think a bit it has to work for them because they, they they've gone from manager to manager the past couple of years. They they all they all ride him out until until they can't until they, yeah until yeah. They, there's no point of no return. And the thing is, we're not seeing like any shades of his Ajax team in, in the United team at all. Like they're not they're not even a little bit. There's not even like okay, we're going to turn Mason Mountain to think the young that might yeah. not happen. Like dude, that definitely like, won't happen. <laughs> even with Onana, there's, there's like Onana came in the summer. I thought you know we know how important goalkeepers are to build up in that kind of possession team. Now and this is the guy who will sort of like change that and revolutionise that a bit you don't see any of that now he's just kicking it long yeah, like so yeah. well, that, well, Arsenal, Arsenal on Sunday were very like I think wary of that almost mm. and very happy for Anana to play to the centre-backs and just made sure that that long ball that could sort of a long ball that could actually have any impact was sort of ruled out mm. they didn't press really really high and they were like yeah sure pass it to the centre-backs that's that's not going to hurt us at all yeah and if, if teams start to do that to United, you're sort of like, well, well, then how are they going to get the ball up the pitch then? Yeah, yeah. And we move on to Chelsea now, who are just behind United in 12th. Again, you know, we've, we've looked at Chelsea, you know, <laughs> what a table, yeah. Um, you know, Chelsea, I thought they were quite good against Liverpool on the opening weekend. They've beaten Luton. They lost at home to Nottingham Forest at the weekend. It's a young team. It's, you know, there's obviously a lot of potential there. But is there is is Pochettino the man to drive that forward in a significant way this season, or are we just going to see kind of a similar season to what we saw last year? Do you think? Joel? I thought it was a really good appointment when in the summer when it happened, um, or before the end of last season. I thought it was. I thought if anyone could really work with a really young team and, and build it up, it's Pochettino as he proved with Spurs. But I think they've. I think they've. 
even by buying players, put his hands behind his back, tied his hands behind the back a little bit. I, I, I don't think he can win here. I don't think he's can be on to a winner. I think they are that batshit crazy, the whole club. I don't think there's any way any manager can be successful there until something significantly changes in terms of the owners learning from their mistakes they've made so far and there being a bit of a structure in place and not just buying lads all the time. Like, they brought a lot of... Uh, the policy could end up working because, again, they brought a lot of... They found a lot of shit and something's going to stick to the wall. <laughs> they brought a lot of highly talented, promising youngsters and Pochettino probably is the guy who can get something out of them, but there's too many of them. Like, there's, there's like... Was there any reason for him to buy? You can't even sack it off now. Some of them are tied down for another name. Exactly. There was, oh, there was uh, uh, rumours about Enzo Fernandez wanting to leave um, the club today, and everyone's going, "Lad, you're there for until you're dead. Basically, <laughs> you will never leave. That's it. <laughs> you're here forever." Like, and just, just don't forget. No, I, 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 I don't feel sorry for Pochettino. Like he's, you know, it's you know what you get into when you go to Chelsea. Like it's always going to be a bit mad. I just don't, on paper, just don't see how it works. And they spent the money that they have. I'm looking at their forwards and thinking they've, they've got to buy a lad who can stick the bone to the back of their neck. Sorry, Nick Jackson. Who <laughs> 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 had one good season at Villarreal last year. And even then, he's not a clinical, he's not a clinical, he's not a six-yard box finisher. And Kunku, that's a big that, blow to lose. Maybe it's all built around. Yeah, like, well, that's another thing. Like, in Kunku, it is a big blow to lose him. But Aye. he also didn't play half of last season. Like you could have kind of guessed that he might get injured at some point. Yeah. But even that's the thing with Chelsea. Like, even till the end of the window, why did they sign Cole Palmer? You don't need right. Cole Palmer. Right. So and Pochettino was asked about him. He's like, he kind of suggested. He's like, yeah, he's not really massive. But like, and I could not believe, by the way, they paid forty-five million for that lad. I think he's a good player. Forty-five million quid is insane, <laughs> right? And he plays he'll, like he'll play in that position that Nkunku was there for. Mm. Chuck Lemakers there so the first the, first few games yeah. of the season. But they'll both be back in like October, November. Yeah, like you've not spent forty-five million on Cole Palmer until got, like, November, man, have you? <laughs> like even guys, you forget like Madueke's there, and he's actually looked good. Anything oh, like he's played just in the summer. Sterling's in, up in the summer, the under twenty one Euros. By the way, he looked better than Palmer did in in the same England team. Like hey, Anthony Gordon looked good at the Euros. Let's not. Uh... I'm not saying that's a great thing. I'm just saying <laughs> that in the in the same team as each other in the summer already, Madueke had more of an yeah, impact than Palmer yeah. did. I, I like, don't see how the manager can win because he's got so many lads to deal with, and you know, with with lads who are on a lot of money, they are going to kick up a fuss. They're not playing games. I, I don't get how you can get a settled, structured team like he had at Spurs. Like. Yeah, I've realized not. It'd be you know what? It'd be amazing if he does turn, like manage to make a success of this. Um, I feel uh, like they've got so many good players that they will. Yeah, sort of, you should have. They'll like ine- inevi- inevitably yeah. they will be okay, yeah. but at what? Like at what cost? Almost like they've like, the, the the players the players that don't work out. They're never going to recruit. Yeah. Half the money that they paid for them. Yeah, like if like even if even if you do everything yeah. right, right, yeah. like as a club, like even if you do absolutely everything perfectly, let's say like City from the last few years, they like almost everything they do correctly. No club has even eighty percent of their signings just work out like as much as everyone had hoped or expected. Mm-hmm. And you look at City and like I guess Calvin Phillips would be like the most obvious example, maybe. But. Cancelo at the moment like City even after you've got a lot of sort of data points and he's done really well and you give him a new contract like these things got a good run at him, hey, but like these yeah. things can change like really quickly and yeah. 
like City are probably the club in the world with the most sort of dispensable cash, but also the best process where they and, and the best manager. Whether they, it doesn't matter if something goes wrong, City will still be fine anyway. But oh, Chelsea have spent so much money. Like half the half of those signings will will not work out, and they're not going to get anything back for them. So what's the plan then? Yeah. Do you know, talking about City, by the way, that Arsenal have a higher net spend than City over the last 10 years now. <laughs> Don't talk about spend, talk about net spend. <laughs> talk, about, talk about where the money comes from. That's, right. That's a whole other podcast. You have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have to uh, whip through these uh, these last uh, sort of eight or nine teams a little bit more, a little bit quicker now. Uh, Fulham, thought they were pretty impressive against City the weekend despite getting beat 5-0, the scoreline... 5-1, sorry. The, the scoreline flattered City a little bit. Marco Silva's a solid coach. I'm, I'm worried about where their goals are coming from, you know what I mean? Without Mitrovic. Without Mitrovic, you know. Raul Jimenez, decent player. He's sort of forgotten where the net is, hasn't he, in the last few years. Um, and <laughs> having, you know, who else Who else have they signed? I don't know. Um, uh, well, at least they kept João Paulinha, who's probably their yeah. best player. Reluctantly, yeah, that's that's a big one for them. I, suppose, I don't know it? if Marco Silva's going to make the end of the season. No, not from getting sacked, just just going to get banned. He's fed up. He's, he's got no time for referees. By the way, it's great. <laughs> and uh, just below Fulham is Newcastle, who you know everyone sort of looked at the season they had last year. Obviously, they, the uh, the the amount of money that they have to spend, which they haven't, you know, they've gone, not gone hog wild with the, the checkbook, have they? Yeah. So far, and they haven't been able to due to financial fair play but they've got a competitive team and have not been good since the start of the season whatsoever really I thought they were outclassed by City they were outclassed by Brighton um, I can't remember who else they've played now but they've, 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 they've played no oh, sorry yeah. they played Darwin Nunez <laughs> they, they were good against Liverpool that was, that <laughs> well, was as long as they were playing against 11 yeah and as soon as they were playing against 10 it was for some well there's like two Newcastles yeah. there's St James Park Newcastle and there's the other Newcastle that goes <laughs> away from home and Eddie Howe has not been able to marry the two up yet really it seems in his time there. I feel like Newcastle always whenever I watch them I feel like they're in a rush to get the ball forward mm-hmm. maybe I've just watched Arsenal Man City too much but I'm like Calm down, Calm lads. Down. Like, having yeah. the ball is a good thing. Like yeah. you don't have to get rid of it straight away. I think you know. I was really impressed with Tonali on the, the first game of the season. Mm. Like everyone, he's faded in. Ever since that Weatherspoon strap, he's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not been the same. We've <laughs> never been the same. Never been None the of same. us after our first trip to Weatherspoon yeah. has been the same. <laughs> taking down, taking down better men than Sandro Tonali. No, Newcastle. <laughs> I um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Champions League is going to be a great little adventure for them this season. Oh, I that group as well. They'll get out of it too. I'm, I'm convinced they're getting out of it, yeah, which is it's, it's by far the best group in the, by far the best group, the most exciting, interesting group in the Champions League, and I'm certain Newcastle will get out. Of All it. of those teams are probably look really good on paper, and are probably all a lot worse than reality. Yeah, maybe not all of them look good on paper. <laughs> Well, yeah, but well, they're all big clubs. They're all big clubs, exactly. They're all big clubs, and I read that could be a bit of a fee for all that group. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be. Yeah. Stuff's going to go down in that group. Yeah. And uh, Wolves are in their spiritual home of 15th so far. I just feel like that's Wolves' position. Yeah. I, I think, you know, they're quite happy operationally to be there, I guess. <laughs> um, Lopetegui leaving before the start of the season. Gary O'Neill, I suppose he's done a decent job. They've only won one game so far, but they've had quite a tough start. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what can you say about Wolves, really? They lost Nunez to City, obviously. I don't know if that's a huge loss. I don't think he did an awful lot for them last season. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for them. But no, I, th- I think they might be in trouble. Like... 
they're probably, as we were saying before, there are there are three terrible teams in the league this year, which might save them. But I think they might be a bit of danger. Like, sorry, they... Joe. We'll we'll get to one of those terrible teams. <laughs> we're getting sorry. closer. We're getting closer. <laughs> Firstly, Bournemouth, uh, Andoni Ariola. That's Ariola. Is not a name. So that's the uh, vein that's in a, a breast. Thought it, was the, thought it was the West Ham goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone very powerful. Giraiola, I think it's how, it's how, it's, it's how you actually say it. Uh, yeah, you know, he came with a, a decent rep from Rayo Vallecano, and they've been all right, I suppose. Bournemouth so far, you know, survival would be a decent uh, yeah, achievement for them, like, wouldn't it? I th- like games I've seen, like especially against the bigger teams, like Spurs, they actually played well until Spurs got the second goal. Liverpool, they were good at yeah, Anfield. Yeah, Went to Anfield yeah. and they they played well, like. Yeah, I mean, they've not really had the luck so far, and especially after it seemed quite harsh in the summer when they sacked O'Neill, but I think Iraola is definitely like an upgrade just as a coach. So It'd be interesting when, uh, when that Alex Scott comes back from injury, how it all fits together, because yeah. he looked mustard in the, yeah. in the champ last year, yeah. but yeah, he's, he's a long time out, but when he comes back, he could be the business for him. Indeed, yes, and uh, just below them are Sheffield United. Who I think you know they're seventeenth on the table. I think they would be delighted with seventeenth at the end yeah. of the season, wouldn't they? They'd be thrilled with that. Cameron Archer's come in from uh, Aston Villa. Looks like a decent little signing for them. They won the championship last year. Um, yeah, are we expecting them to stay up? Or you know what, I automatically wrote uh, put them down uh, at the start of the season, especially when he lost them. Um, Four of their best players on last season, Sander yeah. Berg and McAtee. And well, McAtee's gone back now as well. Aye, so uh, but, yeah. but you know what? Off the last two performances, the one against City and Everton, they look like there's a bit of like, um, I was against the world kind of mentality going on. And I, st- I still don't, I still think they're lacking quality, but they they look like they, they'll give a bit more advice than forty would. And Archer does look, does look the business actually. Um, and if they, I'm surprised they'll let him go, to be honest. But, um, mm. If he can show what he did against Everton on the, on Saturday, then they might be all right. You yeah, know? he was a handful. To be fair, before the season started, I predicted them to break Derby's record <laughs> of the lowest ever points. Somebody goal. always predicts somebody to, yeah. Pre- yeah. to break well, Derby's I mean, record. I kind of regret year. it now, but I think Luton might. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that I've seen Luton up close and personal, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's. That's all we'll say about Luton today, I guess, isn't it? Because uh, it almost feels a bit cruel. I know, like, you don't want Because it's just, it's a nice wee, oh, it's a good wee season out for the lads. Yeah. This is the point Enjoy. against West Ham, by the way, because that should have been a penalty. Yeah, should yeah. Have been, should have I mean, you saw the way they reacted at the end of the Chelsea game, the fans, you know, all giving yeah. them a big, big old clap. When it's like, it's, oh, it's just a little adventure for them. A little adventure. They'll be so much better for it coming up again in two years with all the parachute payments. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they'll sign some incredible player from the league or something for about 40 million because that's what <laughs> the Premier League is <laughs> yeah, now yeah, yeah here we go Joel <laughs> I don't think you should you've already let him speak about Roy Hodgson I don't think you should be allowed to talk about Everton as well we're going to cause some slander as, yeah. our, as our Everton expert Joel uh, <laughs> they never shone so brightly I mean this, that was like just mwah, vintage, vintage Ev at the weekend wasn't it that uh, performance against Sheffield United that goal Jordan Pickford let in. But Beto looks like a decent yeah. player, though, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, he's a nuisance. Fingers crossed they go down. Like, on those sides? I, th- I, think, I think they might... You know, every year we, we get... We, obviously, Liverpool fans... Are, you know, no one else will feel like this. Listen to this. It's probably like Everton. Um, shouldn't. But <laughs> we, we, every year we, we start the season, believing this year could be finally be the year. And this year, more year than for ever... What, year for Everton to get relegated. Oh, um, there it is. <laughs> I'm playing the second tier. This year felt more like 
more than the other. This is going to be the way. And the way they've started, I mean, they've actually played well in their home games against mm. Fulham and Wolves and probably deserve to win the opening day. And to be fair, they probably earned the points against Sheffield United the weekend. And Beto does look like... I mean, they should have lost that at the end as well. They should, yeah, Pickford makes a great save, doesn't he? But Beto does look... Like proper focal points. rescue that point. Better, he takes the pressure off uh, Carver Lewin on to play every week because he mm. likes an injury, doesn't he, Carver Lewin? The thing, the thing is with them, I don't think he does. The injury's like him. I, I do think when when Shaq Harrison comes back, they've got a bit more creativity in there. But and I did feel that was going to be a really good signing, along with you know Better being there. But letting the world be go, I feel like is could actually be the death knell for them. Um, fingers crossed. Mm. But because I mean, a world is very here now, it's very inconsistent. But when he's on it, he's probably the most creative player. When I've watched Everton the last two years, he was always the person that I thought was going to unlock a defence or something. Ah, the spark was the edge of the box and fall I, over. Usually, that wasn't that. Really <laughs> if it, it gave you the feeling, he might do something. <laughs> The thing is, with like Sean Dice teams that you know the one at Burnley, you knew what you were going to get. It's going to be solid. It's not going to be pretty, but they'll find a way to win games one nil, two one. Burnley all their seasons in the in the Premier League before they went down under them, they never got tonked. They never got battered because they're always good at keeping it tight. And, oh, they did. And except in the two nil, every time <laughs> it's usually you're on different ships. Yeah, different five, <laughs> never at home. Yeah. You're a never different. You're home. a different beast, though. And the thing is, they're getting. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the way they got battered, the way they do Villa, uh, and, and some the, the fifth goal, I think, was uh, the one the throwing into Duran's yeah, path. Yeah, Duran. Which, like, yeah. these look like Sunday League lads. Mm-hmm. I, I don't stand at how Dice not managed to like, get them into shape over pre season. Uh, so, no more lads, fingers crossed, they might be happy this year. No, I think ever to the part of the furniture, we all want to keep that. Yeah. You know, it's like. You'd, well, miss the, you'd miss the derby as well as a Liverpool fan, I think. They're that like armchair that's been in the family for a long time and it doesn't fit with the decor anymore, but it's part of the furniture. Yeah. Leave you it can't there. throw it out. No. You'd miss, you would miss them. I've got, I've got a skip up, so I'll jump in there. <laughs> you know, the springs are popping out of it. You know, it's all worn away on the arm, but it's there. And, uh, oh, but it wouldn't be the same without it. Exactly, exactly. I would miss Everton if it went down. Oh, but it would be hilarious for, for you know, what, not Evans, if their stadium was in the Championship for the first season. But, oh, then, yeah, you know, objectively. It, it would be fine. very in keeping with the culture of that club, I would say. And they'll probably get liquidated as well. <laughs> no, ones. come on, we don't. No, we don't that. want that. Save Nobody that for the that. really bad clubs. <laughs> Let's finish with Burnley, who are bottom of the league, despite loads of people saying, "Oh, they're going to be the hipsters' choice this year. They're going to finish top 10 Why did Vincent Company wear a jacket? I was going to ask and you a that very same and a baseball question. cap at the weekend. That should be a points deduction. He must be self-conscious about his head, mustn't he? Everyone knows you're bald, Vincent. Listen, Vinny, if you're, if you're listening, I was literally take a bullet for you so whatever you do is fine I would, by me I would let, but it's not a great look mate I would let Dan take that bullet <laughs> I would have nothing against that if Dan was willing to do it um, I, what's he doing I don't know it doesn't, he look, doing? it doesn't look great Yeah, I feel like Burnley have lost their way you can't go like, half Tony Pulis can you you either go full Pulis or that's it do you remember Tony Pulis used to wear a suit in press conferences post game press conferences he used to he'd wear the tracksuit and the baseball cap 
and then you go have a shower after the game and then get dressed up in a suit. He's yeah. brought a suit all the way down south to Southampton with him just for the press conference after the game. He's not worn it on the touchline. It's quite a cup final thing, that, though, isn't it? You see managers, they walk out... And it's not a cup final every week. Run back in, get the tracksuit on, then after the game, the suit's back uh, Vincent Kompany, every game's a cup yeah. final I don't, I don't think much of his attire, and I don't think much of Burnley's idea of having 60% possession against teams with much mm. better players than them. Either I don't think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, they're gonna hide into nothing, is it? Have you got to be a bit? You've got to compromise at some point, right? Like I don't. Yeah, like I think at some point you have to compromise, and it just shows the gulf, doesn't it, between the Championship and the Premier League as well? Yeah, and 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 even then, Burnley have lost a couple of players who were really important last season. Matson, obviously a left back. Nathan Teller as well. Who's like, chosen to what not play all season for Chelsea instead yeah. of going back yeah, to Yeah, for some I mean, reason. That's an odd choice to me. Yeah. Well, Nathan yeah. Teller as well. Like, I'm, like it's, I think it's a brave choice to, to join Leverkusen instead. And, and I'm sure Burnley would bid him for him. But I, I don't see him getting that many games for Leverkusen. Obviously, he'll be playing European football and, and possibly competing for sort of Champions League places. And maybe that's the reason. And yeah, perhaps more. Um but for Burnley, I think to not sign him is one thing. But him and Matson, Teller and Matson, who were who were both crucial last season, to not sign the pair of them, sure that can happen. To not sign anybody else instead, yeah, seems like madness. Mm-hmm. And they've not made, they've not spent much at all. And I think yeah, they're playing a style of football which is great if you've got better players than the opposition and. It's suicidal if the opposition has better players than you. Yeah. And unfortunately for Burnley, <laughs> maybe, be maybe, maybe season, with yeah, the exception yeah. of Luton, every team in the league is going to have better <laughs> players than them this season. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, good luck to Vinny because I, uh, I hope he uh, does a good job. And I kind of like would love the romantic side of me for him to be the next City manager. And if he gets sacked with Burnley, it's probably not going to happen. So just hang in there, Vinny. You can fail with City and everyone would love that. So, you know, except me. Everyone obviously. would love it, you're right. <laughs> well, I think that will do us for this episode of the One Football Podcast. We've uh, gone over time a little bit, but I think we're all just so excited to be in the same room again together. We're making it sound like this is the same time we've been in the same room since 2020, which is not the case, but uh, it's the same time we've been in the same room recording the podcast. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully it was a lot of fun to listen to. We're going to be back again next Thursday with a brand new concept designed by Joel Sanderson-Murray. So, uh, it's been decided yet. Yeah, it has been decided. <laughs> there will I be just a made the decision. Uh, <laughs> is it four hours of Everton and Roy Hodgson bashing? It is, yeah. So if, if that's your thing, <laughs> you must be a bit of a pervert, but tune in for that. And, uh, yeah. If you want to get your questions into us, the email address is podcast at onefootball.com. Have a good week. See you next time.